Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod with me always, George Garcia. Hello, Benjamin. I know the listeners would not uh, feel like there was any break, but you and I, we've actually, we've actually had a bit of a gap between seeing each other. So I miss yeah. you and I, I can't wait to, to hug you and kiss you and all oh. those things. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we do have a guest in today. We'll do, a, we'll do our catch up another time, but a guest in today. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine. He runs the, um, the pub crawl comedy gigs that you might see in Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth. Oh, um, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so uh, now I, know. I was trying to work it out. Yeah. A whole bunch okay. of interesting things to change. The whiskey connoisseur, please welcome into Fitbed Alan Anderson. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. And yeah, this guy. That's uh, that's the best one I've had yet. Uh, Could there be a more disrespectful guy. entrance by a host? Oh, that guy. That's <laughs> true. We've never we've never crossed paths, even though uh yeah, we know someone mutually quite well, which is Jamie McCartney. Uh we have not crossed so that's why I am, I am quite surprised. Yeah, uh, I had dinner with Jamie two nights ago in in, uh, in Melbourne. Beautiful human being. He's Nat's the one that makes it work, though. You know, Jamie's just there, but Nat's the Nat's the real powerhouse in that relationship. <laughs> hey, so this is, uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to leave you to answer this one, uh, Alan, because Ben asked me, "Oh, does he live here or in the UK? Where's he? Uh, where's he from? What's he doing here?" So take it away. Tell me what you said to me when you came. So you came to Melbourne. Uh, so you came to Australia for the Fringe and uh, Perth Fringe in 2020. Yep. And you were going to do Adelaide and Melbourne? Yep. So uh, I've been coming to Oz since 2008. I've got uh, two kids who are half Scottish, half Aussie. Uh, I've got an Australian ex-wife. Uh, they all live in Glasgow. Uh, and the whole plan was to, by the time they got to secondary school age, move to Australia. Uh, but as you heard, the, they all live in Glasgow and ex-wife, but that never happened. Um, so I had built a business up over here running all the comedy pub crawls, the best veteran comedy, a whole lot of stuff. So I basically, where do I live? Um, three months a year, I live here in Australia doing yeah. the fringe circuit. Uh, eight months a year, I live in Scotland uh, doing all my crazy sports shit over there. Uh, and one month a year, I'm in uh, I'm in Emirates uh, business class lounge, basically. That's, uh, that's my life. Just go back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so I live... I live out of a suitcase uh, for a large period of time. Um, however, that has changed, obviously, since 2020 uh, to living out of a camper van, mainly. Um, Brilliant. I got stuck here in Australia in 2020. Um, and uh, You didn't make the mad dash back? No. So um, what happened was done Perth. Done Adelaide, was about to go to Melbourne. But what I always do, my daughter's birthday is the week before Melbourne Comedy Festival starts. So I always fly home for a week or 10 days uh, just before Melbourne starts to, to spend it with the kids. And every second year, because it falls with the Easter holidays in Scotland, every second year I would bring the kids out to Australia. Uh, they'd see the cousins, they'd see the grandparents, all that kind of stuff. So they do a month out here with us. Um, but my... X and I sat and, and went, as COVID was all kicking off, we went, 
if you come back and you bring it back, then that's the kids' stuff. They're supposed to be spending Easter at their uncles, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we made the decision that I wasn't going to come back in 2020. Um, that was like around about the 14th, 15th of March we made that call. Um, and then Melbourne Comedy Festival get cancelled on the last day of the Adelaide Fringe. And I'm sitting uh, upstairs on the balcony at the, the Austral Pub on Rundle Street, which is mm. one of the venues that I, org- that, that I run all the gigs from. And um, everyone's getting drunk around about us. And I'm just flicking through my phone. And I notice on uh, one of my, my Facebook pages, have you ever heard of the Indian Pacific Wheel Race? Indian Pacific Real Race? No. The Indian Pacific yeah. Wheel Race. So you've heard of the Indian Pacific Trail? Yeah, I still don't understand. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> okay. So there's a bike race that goes ah. from Perth. And when I say bike, I mean push bike. Push bike. Right? You know, I've heard of this. I've heard right? of this. It goes yeah. from Perth to Sydney, across an Ullabar via amazing. Adelaide and up and over uh, the Victorian Alps and the the, the, the snowy mountains. Um, and I'm sitting there on a Sunday and uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival gets cancelled on that Sunday. And I'm looking at this and, going, and, and I'm just seeing that this starts on the Saturday. And my diary's just been Back wiped. Off. But I went, nah, they're not gonna they're not gonna shut the world down. I'm not going home. I've just moved my ticket. Uh I reckon I can get to Perth in five days and get a bike built and I stuff it. I'm gonna cycle to Sydney. So <laughs> I don't know, in but five it, days. Just in, in case days. anyone missed it, he said he's gonna cycle from Perth to Sydney. Um with no training. <laughs> no specific training. I've never no done. bike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, 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 two days later, I was on a plane at Perth. I got bike and all that sorted out. And uh, what did you? Uh, what kind of bike did you get? So you would have got a trail bike. I love. I, I know one other person who's done this, and it is. I cannot. So you, you, you did. So it. right. Okay. Cheat here. Uh, I actually have a bike in Adelaide, which I keep in Adelaide, okay. which is uh, a Cannondale 6. Um, Ooh, it's the okay. same. Well, it's, it, it's a carbon road bike. It's got 80 millimeter deep dish uh, wheels. You know what you're um, about. So I know, I, I know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, okay, about. I've, yeah. I've done a bit of bike riding. I've done a couple of Ironmans. Um, I, but, but I hadn't trained yeah, yeah. anything like this. Uh-huh. So, uh, so it's, not like, it's not like it's not like you're like... That's it. Fuck it. I'm going to Sydney. Now, I might take that basket off the front of my bike. <laughs> no, this, but, but, but this is, I, this was a carbon, very aggressive road racing bike. It's the same kind of bike that uh, Peter Sagan won his world championship on a few years back. Yeah, totally. This is not the, this is a bike to, to hit 60 kilometers an hour in a sprint. Beautiful bike, cost more uh, than five grand. It's uh-huh. ridiculous. It's not the kind of bike to ride five and a half, five and a half thousand kilometers across an Ulibor on. Um, Unless you're a flat road. Unless it's a flat. <laughs> well, that's a great thing about Australia, right? And this is there's a guy called Ed who lives in Wollongong who 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 taught who taught this when we're talking about it. Um Australia is the best continent on the planet to cycle across because Australia is basically one big flat clay pancake with crumbly bits at the edges. <laughs> yeah, That's the geology of Australia, right? You've got all this stuff in your land, except dinosaurs. My son wants to be a paleontologist in Australia because you've only ever discovered seven dinosaurs 
in Australia. You've got more geologists per head of population in Western Australia than anywhere else on the entire planet. But you've only discovered seven dinosaurs. So well, that's because you know the the, the hoax right. that is evolution. People planted those bones. <laughs> well, we are. Yeah. I reckon we've discovered a lot more, but we're a mining company, right? Nah, keep drilling. <laughs> I reckon you're right there. Yeah. 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 Oh, should point. we stop? Uh, 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 shit, uh, want us to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park or, or Gina Reinhardt's oh um, decided, okay, I'm going to ride from Perth to Sydney yeah, uh, in so, five days with no specific training. No, 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 no. I, I, it was five days from me deciding I was going to do yeah, it to, yeah, to yeah. getting on the start <laughs> line. Wasn't yeah. he five days from me crossing from Perth to Sydney? Right? No, no, no. So let's do that. Exactly. So let's talk there. Uh, how long did it take overall? So overall, um, from the start of the 2020 Indian Pacific wheel ride, it took me one year and 31 days to do the race. Uh, that doesn't sound very good at all, oh, does honest, it? Yeah, but we got two days into we get two days into the 2020 race, and um, my my wife's uncle sent me a text message. We were I was around about Southern Cross at the time, uh, 500 600k into the ride and southern cross like i only know the train station yeah that, um there's a town called southern cross oh, okay. um, My which apologies. is yeah. in between perth and kalgoorlie okay I mean, it'd be amazing if you went all the way from uh perth to sydney purely just using the star installations <laughs> i saw those i saw those fannies outside the parliamentary house steps in melbourne on saturday having a uh, having a rally and I'll tell you what I've never seen a more unhealthy group of individuals outside yeah. of Glasgow um, but they were so um, David works for the Royal Flying Doctor Service and he sent me a message uh, this, which is your, was, oh, ex's this is my ex's uncle yep. um, so he used to be uh, the most uh, senior medical person on the entire Nullarbor basically he ran the the community hospital at Yalata, which is just in South Australia on, yeah, on the, on the Nullarbor. Uh, and this race had been going past him for several years and he would always get out in the middle of the night. Uh, he's what's called a dot watcher. So uh, everyone in the race has a satellite tracker and yeah. this pings every five minutes up into the sky. And then around the world, there it's, are- It's called a what? A dot watcher. Dot yeah. watcher. Yeah. It's dot also watcher. for some, what we call, if you have a fetish for Indian women with the bindi, that's what- <laughs> Alan's laughing. So there's a website and Facebook forums and all that, and there is hundreds, literally hundreds of thousands of people who follow these ultra-endurance rides. So there's about four or five big ones which happen every year, such as the Race Across America, the Trans Am, the one up in Alaska from safety to Nome, and then... Africa north to south, is that the... Uh, I don't know that one. I've, I've seen it, but I don't think it's actually an official race. Oh, okay. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's Race to the Rock, which is the off-road version here in Australia, which starts from a different place every year, and they race gravel to Ayers Rock. Um, yeah. Fuck, you know. Yeah. The, the woman, right. So it was one, I think, I think it's three years on the trot that it was won by a woman. Um, and it was the first three years, so no guy had ever beaten her. Um, but then there was one year they, that it was in Tasmania that they started and she didn't take 
her uh, her footwear off for about four days or five days going across Tasmania in the snow and she got frostbite and oh. lost she lost she, she 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 got on the ferry I believe it was and then she took she she was using the ferry to get I'm herself changed that. and all that she took her sock off ah ah yeah you know where this is going ah and the, the toes stuck to so the toes stuck to the sock toes stuck to the sock yeah yep. <laughs> but again it's like just the just the minds again like and I'm talking to someone who knows everything about cycling but just the mindset of an endurance cyclist to just go oh you know what. Oh, now I'll check on that. That you uh-huh. can put your you put your mind like that you can put your body to that kind of just torture, but just be able to like just the, like just the, the idea of like oh, I better take oh, my I've lost three toes. Like, well, like, oh. here, here's the thing. I, I love that story, but I think we have someone who has gone through that, and we should be asking him about the oh, mindset no. of that. So, <laughs> so not that he's lost any toes, but Alan, that that you were telling me that you would ride how many kilometers per day. Uh, averaging between two and three hundred a day, depending on the wind and depending on just depending yeah. on two hundred to three hundred a day kilometers yeah. per day. Yeah, there, there, and there he was, was some by, and by himself in big pockets. Yeah, there were some days I would I would hit four hundred and fifty. Uh, there were some days where I would only do seventy or eighty. Um, only, yeah, <laughs> uh, fully laden. But that would be because it, it was never when, when I did a short day. It was never because I didn't have the energy to carry on it was because i looked at what was ahead of me and i thought there is no service available if i go ahead there's not going to be another service station or a town or something like that for 300k it's like when and you see that sign there's no more petrol across the nullarbor but here you're uh-huh. doing it for fuel for yourself yeah, yeah. i was gonna say what yeah. do you need petrol for <laughs> and in, 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 in covid times as well um so we'll, we'll get back to that in a wee second because because this was the reason that the 2020 ride was cancelled right. was because we got a phone call I, I got the message from david to say um that the borders were shut but because uh because all my bank account and my tax stuff is based at his house in adelaide I would have been allowed to cross the border into South Australia and ride from uh, from Eucla down to Adelaide because I that was my mode of transport and that was the emergency law in the first couple of days of lockdown in twenty. Wow! Yes, yeah. so so did, so did you have to race to the border then? Well, that's what we were. That's what I had initially planned to do was to race to the border, and then about six or seven hours later, he got in touch and he went, "Just turn around, they're closing the service stations on the Nullarbor." And as soon as that happened, then there was 2,000K of no service. So what they, what they did for the initial first few days, first week of, um, of lockdown across the Nullarbor is all the trucks went in convoy. So they all crossed in a big convoy line and they would stop at the servo and they would get their fuel at the servo and they would get whatever food they had in some kind of, they had some kind of timed system. So, but nobody else, no one who wasn't a truckie was allowed into the servos at the start of, uh, of, of, of lockdown. So two days into 2020, um, we pulled the plug and headed back to Perth. Um, and it was 10 grand to get a flight back to Perth. People were paying 10,000 British to get a flight, sorry, back to the UK from, from Perth for, for an economy flight. So I was like, I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm in a beautiful place. I was staying with my friend Sharon's. So I was stuck in WA for six weeks. Uh, but Perth being the wonderful um, fascist McGowan state that it is, 
uh, it opened up again fairly quickly. Mm. Um, and one of my favourite moments that I've ever had in my life was um, everyone back home in the UK was complaining about lockdown. They're all in a bad way. And McDonald's opened up in Perth. <laughs> and the night before I flew back to Perth, I did a live stream of me going into McDonald's, buying and eating a Big Mac. And <laughs> all my friends went absolutely berserk at me because they were just dreaming of getting out of the house and yeah. being able to go to a drive-in or something like that. And, and that, was, that was me leaving Australia and going back to the UK. But because of residency, I was able to fly back in and out to Australia uh, and to come back for Perth Fringe and things like that. So mm. let's That's amazing. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. I was. I was one of only um, two acts at Perth Fringe 2021 who were not based in WA who were able to get mm. in to. Which is WA. horrible for the WA Fringe. Uh, <laughs> but for myself and Thomas Green, it was amazing. Oh, I, right? I'm sure it was. We we flew international, and because there, there was there were, there were comics who were kind of chasing border shutdowns um, and yeah. like Lindsay Webb yeah. flew in and went now nah, you're doing a night in, in a high security quarantine hotel and get kicked back out um so I flew in I had to leave that was that had nothing to do with quarantine that was just them getting sick of <laughs> Lindsay going fuck mate we don't care don't ask me what I do what I what's my name <laughs> I'm a security guard. My name is Raj. Fuck off. But the thing is, I gotta, I gotta go to the other floor. No, no, no. I haven't finished with you yet. The thing is, with Lindsay, Lindsay does a brilliant impersonation of a truckie, and truckies are essential drivers, and we're able to cross the, oh, yeah. we're able to cross the border. So why didn't he just stand there and go? So I get into, I get into uh, Perth on Boxing Day, and I did my two weeks of quarantine. In, um, in a hotel in Perth. The Novotel, which is right across the road from the Comics Lounge, so I could see mm. the mediocre Perth comedians going in and out of the <laughs> Comics Lounge every day from my quarantine hotel room. With new um, material every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I took my bike and... I love hired... the idea of you heckling comics <laughs> going, that's a shit opening gag. Don't oh no, but you know what? I did. I actually did because, right, so I was on the 24th floor. <laughs> there was no one looking in at me. I did not wear clothes for a whole fortnight. And I was yeah, I stood at the window, kind of kind of stood pressed up against the window, bollock naked, waving down at Mick Nevin and, uh, and folk <laughs> like that. Uh, as a 24 floors uh, below. Um, but I treated, I treated quarantine like a spa break. I um, took a bike trainer. Uh, I got a couple of friends to buy me some weights um yoga mats uh, ab rollers things like that and the, the yeah. first thing i did as soon as i got into the hotel room was i just moved the entire hotel furniture around to give me as much space as yeah. possible um and i had uh, two friends who'd written me uh two different training programs yeah. for me to do. Uh, one, uh, a very good friend, um, who Crawford, who is the head of triathlon Scotland's coaching services. So he did my bike part of it. Um, so all the interval sessions that I would have to do on the bike, on Zwift every day uh, in the room. And then there's a brilliant young Scottish trans comic called Gary McAllister, uh, who's also a PT. 
Um, I know Gary. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you know Gary Ben? Yeah, yeah. I've worked with Gary a lot. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of, but I have not met personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, brilliant young Scottish trans act. Um, you're not fucking biting here, Dill, and I'm disappointed by that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, no. I'm just, I just, I love Gary. I, I've travelled with Gary. It's quite confronting to travel in the airport with Gary because he doesn't seem to understand certain <laughs> social norms at the security, especially with his fucking mohawk and everything. That it, it's quite confronting, but look, we prom- you know what? Actually, we we might get Gary on the pod, so let's leave that for the moment because Gary. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 Gary wrote me kind of hit sessions to do and and workouts to do, and uh, it got to New Year's Eve, and you, you're only in a hotel. You're only allowed to have four bottles of beer or a bottle of wine each day, and your 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 alcohol allowance to get sent to your door. So all your food sent to your door, all your baby sent to your door, everything. Yeah. Uh, so I saved up three days worth of alcohol allowance for New Year's Eve. And that was oh. the only alcohol that I had <laughs> for the entire time in quarantine. Um, and that was three bottles of champagne. Yeah, and wow. at 10 o'clock, I, I, New Year's Eve, I'd be, I'd be normally doing a comedy gig and then I'd be DJing after it. So uh, the Hacienda, very famous Manchester club that I went to as a kid. They were doing a 24-hour live stream. And from 10 o'clock midnight to midnight, I said to myself, right, I should be dancing. But instead of dancing, I'm going to run shuttles in my room and I'm going to do a half marathon in Mm. my room. So it was eight metres from door to window. Mm. And I just did that for two hours with the music going, do, 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 do. And with um, just... My hydration strategy was champagne, champagne, champagne. And I'm, I'm Facebook live in with a massive big group of pals back in the UK because it was four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, then yeah. And um, getting drunk, having fun. And I woke up the next day and I was like, that was actually really easy. And my pals had went, why don't you do an Ironman in your hotel room? <laughs> <laughs> and we saw, we worked it out how to do an Ironman in a hotel room. And uh, the bike was easy. The running was easy. How do you swim? How do you yeah. swim? That's the question. Uh, so we got a uh, resistance board? band. <laughs> not, not quite. I got, right, so I got my suitcase, put, put all my stuff in the suitcase. Flood uh, the hotel the, room. Not quite, <laughs> almost. Uh, got the, the duvet and wrapped that up, put that on top of the suitcase, uh, and then got resistance bands, which were at the door, and I would la- I lay in the suitcase <laughs> and I actually using resistance bands pretended yeah. that I was doing the swim, yeah. right? So How do you did- calculate? So the Ironman is 3.8 kilometer swim? Yeah, so- And a 180K I'm- bike ride and a 42.2 run, so a marathon. Would you use the smartwatch to yeah. determine? Yeah, yeah. i use my Garmin. Um, yeah, right. So I've got, uh, I-, I, did, I did what my time that I thought it would be is, I- I'd done a couple of Ironman before, and in uh-huh. 2020, I'd actually entered three, right? I, I decided to do three in one year. Ironman New Zealand, Challenge Roth in Germany, which is the biggest uh, one in the world, and Ironman Wales, uh, which is the hardest Ironman branded one. Uh, so that was my thing. Uh, March, then um, March, then July, then September. That was what uh, I was just through. a quick side note. So the, the 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 Wales being the hardest. I I was always remember hearing things like about the Hawaiian Ironman being the most brutal because of the run up the hill and the volcano or whatever yeah right iron man right so the kona course is not tough 
the, the, the course in Hawaii is yeah, not tough. It's, it's, it's only there because it's the first, right? That is where Iron Man started. That's uh-huh. why they have the World Championships there. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's the it's, so it's purely like the MCG is a cricket ground. Yeah, Lords is a cricket ground, right? And the the Lords is where everyone wants to play cricket because it's the first one. Understood. In the world, Understood. St Andrews is where everyone wants to play golf because oh, it's yeah. the first. I do. One I really want to play golf there. Uh, great side note about that is you can't play golf in St Andrews on a Sunday unless it's a major championship because on a Sunday the people of St Andrews use it to hang their washing out. Brilliant. That great bit of Scottish. Great, golf. right? Yeah, I love that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, so I did. Uh, I did fifty-five minutes on the on the suitcase. Put the suitcase swim. right to swim. So uh-huh. right, and uh, then the bike is easy, and then the run. Uh, the the run easy, was just sorry, shuttles. Easy to execute. Yeah, easy to execute. The, the run was just shuttles. Um, so with the run, I had got, I'd done the half marathon and it was two o'clock in the morning and I'd actually ran out of any kind of fuel in the room. I drank oh. every bit of drink, I'd eaten every, every, everything that I had and I That's literally had, I had nothing <laughs> left. So I just, I knew that at six o'clock that the, the, um, breakfast would get delivered. So I just had to, at two o'clock in the morning, call it a day. Yeah, sleep for four hours, and then I got up at six when breakfast got delivered in and, and finished off. But my... that's that's still an unbelievable effort that you 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 still got a half marathon inside a hotel room. Like uh-huh. getting a five k is fucking ridiculous, let alone a half marathon. So what's the what's what's why, happening? With, what's why are ha- you crazy? Yeah, I'll, Ben, I was literally about to go. So what's happening was, with your brain here? What's going yeah, on? Yeah. What are you What are you running from? What are you running to? Where does this come from? Have you ever sat still? Uh, right, yeah. Fit, uh, right. So when I my my mental health is directly related to how active I am. It's as okay. simple as that, right? Okay. Uh, if I am not doing something, I get up to mischief. Yeah. Right. So if I'm not physically active, then my brain goes, "What can I do? What can I do? What can I do?" What? And and it, it it very rare. I get loads of ideas for doing stuff. Now I I I also I'm, I'm a race director for uh, triathlons and uh, stuff like that in the UK. Are you that, in the car? Are you in the car? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I a white yeah! van. Can you be a white van? Right. Um, that's what I want to do. I keep thinking my son's going to become a professional cyclist and me and my mate are going to be in the car. Oh, uh, <laughs> right. Was there a, before you discovered the link between your mental well-being and exercise, that, that part where you said that if you're not active, then you get up to mischief. What, what was the time like between discovering that this is such a core part of you being kept together? Uh, and how much did you go off the rails when you didn't? Uh, right. So it wasn't that I went off the rails. What I did was uh, ruin relationships. Yeah, I, right. I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you you don't have two marriages and um, and uh, a, a not-so-long-failed relationship with uh, the person who's supposed to be your most important other if you haven't uh, not looked after and not nurtured that uh-huh. relationship, right? right. Um, I always look at... I was always looking at the long-term goal, not worrying about the macro, not uh-huh. worrying about uh, not worrying about caring about what's happening in the there and now, um, and things that are outside of my control. Yep. I bury my head in the sand. I yeah. distract myself. I'm a I'm a monster procrastinator, um, which is something I'd never heard of until 
uh, I, I did um, second divorce. Second yep. separation happened. Uh, and um, what happened? Was this the one with the kids or was the kids? With yeah, this is, this is the one with the kids. Yeah. Um, there was no kids in the first, the first yeah. one. Um, but what had happened was both separations had been exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, there had been um, uh, a, a loss of a child in pregnancy, which had then related, en- ended up so in hard to get being with, with, with both relationships, ended up in this kind of drifting apart, not dealing with it properly, and ended up with the other party turning to someone else and having an affair. Yeah. Um, so, Which, to be honest, is very common. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a, it's a, it's such a hard thing to overcome, but it really only goes by either one way or the other. Like, Yeah, it either brings you, it brings you closer together or yeah. it throws you far apart. Yeah. Um, and... I knew nothing about mental health before, say, 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, I, my, my father committed suicide when I was seven, but oh. that's not been anything that's, that's not been anything that's ever made me think that I would have poor mental health, right? I basically mm. looked at, I've, I've always thought, what a fucking coward leaving a woman with two young kids on her own. And that's the way I've always looked at, depression is, is like get up off your own fucking backside and go and do something right yeah. and you see you, you, you like 10 15 years ago there'd be other comedians who oh i'm depressed i'm depressed and i would just look at them and go no you're not you're a fucking drunk that's what you are right i mean you you, you just see, you know that you know the kind of comics from the old jungler circuit who would just stand at the bar after a gig and have drink after drink after drink. Well, that was and, me and Ben uh, five, right, six years ago yeah. until we quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, yeah. We like we it's, it's a, and I think those things are a symptom of obviously something else that's going deeper, but that, 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 that time it takes before you stop and actually get introspective about why is it manifesting in the term, in terms of alcohol and things like that, 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 that period is almost this weird uh, blind spot where, you know, this is damaging. Uh, this is not making you happier, mm-hmm. but feels like the quicker solution for for a bigger problem. You're like, and you're having so much fun. And you, uh, well, having but fun for a short for period of time. Hours, you're you're, you're ha- yeah, you're having fun at midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, but the rest of your day is absolute shite, right? Oh yeah. So when yeah. I used to do the the the, the circuit, um, I would hire a van, just a, just an ordinary transit van. And I would put my bike and my sleeping bag and my wee transia for, for, for cooking in the van. And I'd go down to Liverpool or Manchester, wherever it is, and I'd be doing either the Frog or Baby Blue or Jungles or whatever. And um, other comics would go, why are you not using the hotel? But after the gig, I would drive to the middle of the Pennines or uh, somewhere in Wales or wh- whatever it would be. And I'd wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, surrounded by amazing yeah, countryside, yeah. make myself a bit of breakfast, jump in my bike and I'd go and ride for three, four hours back in the van, drive back into Liverpool, wherever it may be. And I had a series of swimming pools that I knew that I could go to and I'd have a quick swim, quick sauna, um, shit shower and shave, and then I'd be ready to go to the gig. And I'd turn up at the gig and I am, I am far from the funniest person in the room. Never have been, never will be, but I am the fastest in terms of, the way that my brain thinks. And I, 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 I do comparing as opposed to being an act. And I've always thought you need to be the quickest brain in the room. Doesn't matter. When you, when you reply to someone, it doesn't have to be funny 
when you're doing the the who are you, what do you do kind of stuff. Um, but it's how quick you get the pieces back together. And it's the the kind of Venn diagrams from talking to four or five different people that right. suddenly go boom, clash together. Them all together yeah. And when you bring them all together, that the whole crowd goes, fuck me, that guy's a genius. Mm. I want to be the genius. I don't want to be the funny guy, right? Because I don't I don't have the brain for jokes. Mm. So that's why my brain goes into stuff. Um, How have Alan and I never met? <laughs> probably because you're a warm-up guy slash compere, and yeah. I'm a warm-up guy yeah, slash compere. Slash compere. I know. So we never meet. <laughs> We've never met. We never yeah. met. We'd like it's to like, pretty much It's it. like We've Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> And I genuinely do come from the clan McLeod. (laughs) Exactly. Um, um, So, so, uh, we're we're, we're talking about that. Yes. So, right. So then realizing that, okay, this is uh, being that physically active is part of your net well-being, right? But there's also got to be some kind of understanding or balance, say, when you're with a partner. And how important was it for your, the people in your life close to you to understand? This is not just some crazy thing that you're doing on a whim. You have to to do this in order to be the best version of yourself, to be the best partner, best dad, and, and finding that negotiating of that balance. You know what I mean? I, I can't answer that question because I am a single man who yeah. is uh, madly in love with someone who's not with him. So there you go. Don't okay. know. Don't know. Fair enough. The, but Fair can enough. I just put it into, like, just into perspective? Like, how, how old were you when you discovered that link between needing to keep busy and mental health? Because how old are you now, Alan? Uh, I am, I'm 49 I'm minus, plus what is it? 50 minus 11 weeks. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. Wanna, yeah. 50 I, minus 11 weeks. Bang on. Yes. Cause I couldn't pick your age. I thought it was maybe early forties. Like, but so when did you discover um, that sort of that link? How old were you? Was it after this? Like, which, like how old, I just want to choose how old you were. Um, It was probably in the last 10 years. Uh, yeah. And I would, I would, I would probably say, Realistically, it was the summer of 2018 when I split up from my wife. And because I'd had these two very similar breakups and dissolving of marriages and and, and the heart that affairs cause, um, I went, I need to go to therapy. I need to find out what is it about me that makes the women I'm with go and do that too much. And how, too how much. long? How long before the therapist said it's just because you're a cunt? <laughs> uh, li- literally, the word "cunt" was said in about four minutes of us being in the room, right? <laughs> George, the, the, the most guttural Glaswegian, right? And, uh, and and I knew instantly that he was the man for me because he did say the word "cunt" in about five minutes of being Beautiful. in there, and I was like. This is great, brilliant. Let's do this. Let's let let's crack on. It's so um, vital when you. I, I, I've said I've I've been championing therapy for for about what six years since I've been doing it. However, I made the mistake of assuming that everyone is going to have the relationship I had with my therapist on day one, where we clicked, and I was like, "Oh, this is so great." Yeah. But then I've since learned that I was quite naive to realize that for for quite a few people, it doesn't happen straight away. It might not be the, it's just like any other relationship. You might not just gel well. Like, so for example, if there are some people who would have been offended by the therapist saying can't and being like, I don't want to listen to that person. Whereas for you, it's the polar opposite going, no, this guy gets me. I need uh-huh. to. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? totally. So, it's a, yeah. it's, it's, so, so I did it in 2018 and exercised a lot of demons that I had been suppressing for. 45 years wow yeah and then i've done it again this year 
I'm following another breakup. And I think what we, my, my, my exercise is a bit like my therapy in that kind of way. I will, I will go in hard and go in big and then I'll have a period of downtime. And then I'll go in hard and go in big and then have a period of downtime. Mm. Now that downtime might be just a month or that downtime might be two years. Um, but with therapy, it's something that I think that it's kind of like a, what we call an MOT in the UK to do with a car. So every year, every car over three years of age has to go in and get like roadworthy. Right, yeah, yeah, road yeah. yeah. right. So we should we should have an MOT as as people okay. therapy wise yeah. every year. Right. We should have relationships as well. Um, yeah. We should yeah. go. I, I, I wish I'd done. I wish I'd done that. Um, I, I, I wish I'd done couples counselling. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you learn yeah. you learn a hell of a lot more after a breakup from all the communication back and forth. But you never did this. 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 And it's like, and also yeah, for, so many, couple, it's only well, for so many couples, it's for so many couples. It's too late. It's yeah, too yeah. late. Like I always say, just couples counselling. You want sometimes you go there and it's too late. And so for so many people, it's like go early, go now. Can't yeah. hurt. Like it just yeah. can't hurt. Um, and in terms of that thing of saying you never did this, you never did that, like it, it, it's all valid. But if it's not being communicated, it's kind of a bit unfair to let assume that the other person picks up on that. I, I saw a real interesting quote that's like saying, uh, "Hoping your needs met get uh, needs uh, are met is uh, without communicating." It is like going to a restaurant and waiting for your food, even though you haven't ordered it. Yeah, You're like what the fuck's my food? It's like yeah. we didn't order it, so how am I not to bring it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so those things, it's now for you starting to align a little bit more again it's a continuous self-discovery right and when you're on these big runs and you're big you know uh, iron man do you know what's going through your head at that time how focused are you say let's say the bike ride for example 300 kilometers per day how much does your brain drift or are you that zero focused on making sure you don't die next to a truck uh, so dying next to a truck not once did i think i would die next to a truck that's the most right. People say is the nullabore dangerous. No, in my personal opinion, it is not. It is, um, it's not. The, 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 the truckies were amazing. The truckies were great. I had a wee radio and I could hear them. They mm. could hear me. The people who are dangerous on the nullabore are the silver nomads and caravans. They are the people who don't know how to drive. They are the people who go far too close to bikes. They are the people who. Um, you you see the wagons behind them just zigzagging it's because jackknifing around. Yeah. Um, so I never felt danger okay. from traffic on the Nullarbor because realistically, it's it's a truck every fifteen minutes. And right? also, you're you're pretty visible. There's a flag. There's you know you got like you, you know you're visible. No, not really. No, <laughs> you're most visible at night, uh, and and yeah, nighttime okay. is actually when you want to do most of your riding on the Nullarbor because it's the Nullarbor cool. is a very windy place, and if you've got a headwind or a crosswind on that day, um. What happens? It gets windy in the daytime. So about an hour, an hour and a half after sunrise, it gets really windy, and you're battling against that. But at nighttime, there is no wind. Oh, but also, at nighttime, because the Nullarbor is so flat, it's not perfectly flat, obviously, but you can see trucks twenty kilometers away with their headlights coming towards you, right? Yeah. And a dangerous truck is not the truck behind you. The dangerous truck is the one that's heading towards you because the Nullarbor, uh, the, the road is only wide enough for two road trains. It's yeah. not wide enough for two road trains and a bike. 
Yeah. So never worry about what's behind you unless there's something coming towards you. And so if you see something coming towards you, you then look behind you. Yeah. And if there's something coming behind you, then get off the road. It's as simple as that. You just get off the road. Um, had you did you have days where you were like, I can't fucking do this? Yeah, were you able? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're on your own or with like with other people? So because it's a race, um, so in 2020, we started off with uh, 50 people. I think it was like 45 people. We started off in uh, Fremantle and off we went. In 2021, when I properly did it, um, because Morrison's government wouldn't let me out of the country, I wasn't going to do it, but Morrison, they, they changed the rules about... Um, about people with residency status leaving um so uh so when i did it in 2021 uh, there was about 20 of us who started and for most of it you're riding on your own but particularly with the nullabore sections because the road stations are 200k apart and because the road stations shut all of them thanks to covid shut at eight o'clock every night you would find that we would all have the same goal, that we would all try and get to a road station for eight mm-hmm. o'clock at night. So what we tended to do was um, one night you'd bivy, one night you'd stay in a road station, one night you'd just ride through the night. So yeah. you'd always meet a couple of people, but for, I would say for for about four and a half thousand K out of five and a half thousand K, I was riding on my own, mm. but I was always meeting people because there's dot watchers everywhere and they come out and they meet up with you. They'll come for a bike ride with you for a couple of K. Oh, cool. Right. They'll, there's people who let you stay in their house or, um, or, or they'll, 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 they'll know from following social media that um, my routine was at the end of every day, if I got to a service station or a pub or whatever it is, I get myself a pint of milk and a pint of Guinness. And that would be my immediate hydration yeah. strategy. Your uh, pores mi- must have looked beautiful with that channel. Yeah. My pores, did you say? No, pores, shits. Pores. Well, that was why I had the Guinness. That's 100% yeah. the reason of the Guinness, because when you're eating so much sugar and so much carbs and so much of everything, uh, and you're on the bike exercising, and in the heat, I don't like heat. Why the hell did I ride across 40 degree <laughs> heat, right? Um, but... The Guinness was purely to give me one poo a day. Yeah, right. The best, okay. the best day of riding for me was going uh, from Kankaban up the snowy mountains to Cabramara and then down to Adaminibi because it snowed on me. Yeah, that yeah. was the best day of the entire ride. I was absolutely flying. I think it's got. I've got my best numbers uh, because it was, it was my temperature. It was my kind of hills. It was my kind of roads, right? Um, 40 degree heat. I learned in 2018 uh, when I did a a half marathon um, with a guy called Mickey D. Uh, We did that in 40 degree heat. And I learned there that I don't like heat. Close friend of our show. He he was side by side with me when I ran my, the full marathon, the Melbourne Marathon, three years ago. Um, and it's also one of the topics that I did want to bring up because this podcast started off as a bet because yeah. me and Ben were 125 kilos. The first of us to get under 100 had to give the other person get a thousand dollars off the other person, right? Yeah. And I lost uh, a thousand bucks. He lost a thousand bucks. <laughs> well <right>? done, Dell. <laughs> uh, 
and so um, you I'm point five of a kilo. Just, just want to add that there. Point five of a kilo? No. <laughs> we remember we had the five. We had the five k buffer, and there was be five hundred, no. and then you went just went over the five k. But you lost. Shut it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you by six kilos, mate. Come on. Anyway, listen. It's the body has been. Okay, okay, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. A thousand dollars. So he went. I went on holiday to Thailand. He went to Mildura. Anyway, went to Mildura. Uh, so um, but the the run with Mickey was a bet as well, wasn't it? It wasn't something like it was. Uh, yeah. yeah. So how it started off was, I think, 2017. Um, it was either Mickey or Lindsay Webb were doing a weekend of gigs in Perth and they'd done a run around Kings Park, a 10K run. And there's, there, there's this series of steps that go up the escarpment at Kings Park called Jacob's Ladder. Uh, and it's the, the steps are uh, building equivalent of around about 20 stories high. And every morning you'll see hundreds of people running up and down it, running up and down it, running up and down it. And uh, I just jokingly went on Facebook when when one of them had posted about that. I went, how many times do you reckon you could do that in one go? And that turned into Mickey deciding, or me betting Mickey, to do uh, 100Ks, which was 10 times around the park and 10 10 Jacob's Ladders. And... uh, I'd had a skiing accident and hadn't been running for a while because my ankle was buggered and then my knee got buggered. It was just like one thing kind of tweaked and led to the other and tweaked and led to the other. So I'd only been cycling. Um, and Mickey was like, well, you're going to do, you're going to do at least one lap with me. Um, and it turned out that was his fastest lap that he did on his, uh, on his hundred K. Uh, and then that was when I went, right, I'm actually ready to start wow. doing Ironman again. So then I started training for the Ironman. Uh, And then Mickey had got really thin when he did his ultra. Really thin. It was great. Mickey's Mickey's addictive personality. Mickey goes full in with everything. Mm. Um, And then Mickey had a bit of downtime. And let's not be about it. Mickey was a fat bastard. Uh, Mm. Mickey's problem is Fanta, sugary drinks, right? He drinks them by the gallon. He does all the work, but you cannot out-train a bad diet. So all the way during Perth in 20, it was either 2018 or 2019. 2020, I think, from memory, or 2019. Before the, yeah. I I think actually it's 2019. Um, But uh, all the way through that Perth fringe run, I was like, you're a fat bastard at the moment. Let's go for a run. You're a fat bastard. Let's go for a ride. And he was just, but he still, he was still doing the exercise. Um, So we just jokingly went, let's have a race. And I went, well, if we're going to have a race, let's make it decent. Um, And I went, right, Mickey, you decide the course. I'll decide the day. And this is what we're racing for. Your Perth fringe fee from me, double or quits. So if you win, you get double what your fee should have been for the month. (laughs) If I win, you get fuck all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's, it's and it's and it's decent coin as well. Like it's yeah. you know a whole month of gigs with you, he would do like yeah a fair amount of. It work. was it was fifteen grand, <sighs> and so you uh, you're looking at Mickey's frame, going fuck, he's an idiot. He's but, yeah, he's an uh, yeah. So I deliberately waited until I could find the hottest day, because I looked at Mickey's frame and I went, big unit, not going to cope in the heat. So he had chosen um, he chosen a fairly flat course in Adelaide, um, just at the the university 
grounds, which if you look at it from Strava, it looks like a cock and balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we we to do uh, we to do I think it was fifteen laps round this made a half marathon, uh, and it was a, it was a hot one. It was forty degrees, mm. and I thought I am going to absolutely stoke him because I was I was knocking out five fifteen kilometers dead easy in my training for Ironman, right? right? And but I was not I was I was I was holding that dead dead easy, not not breaking into sweat, not trying, uh, and I thought this is going to be a piece piece of piss. So we had this bet, we'd, we'd chosen a day, uh, it was hot, and around about 40 or 50 comedians came down to the parklands to watch us, and I got done big time because, <laughs> because uh, Fred the Clown uh, had, was, was, was Mickey's right-hand woman, and she had two huge eskies, and inside these eskies was not food. Inside these eskies were t-shirts and caps and ice uh, ice vests, right? Oh, and all this kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And every single lap, Mickey would pull off one t-shirt, put on another, pull <laughs> off one, put on another. And these were all ice cold. And he <laughs> just <laughs> fucking nailed it. Absolutely <laughs> nailed it. Amazing. And I mean, I was still, I was, I was knocking out six fifteen k's in forty degree heat, yeah. and he's just, he's just bumping along doing five forty fives. He's wearing a scarf. Uh huh. And, <laughs> and um, what's his? There's a couple of comics who had hired the scooters, you know, the electric scooters, and they're they're zooming about with Mickey and having a bit of. A, can't mind his name right now. What's the American guy that always does Eddie Eft? Oh, he yeah. used to be a ski patroller, right? And Eddie's fucking bombing about with him. So we're about. Four laps from the finish. And um, I knew that I was beaten. Absolutely knew that I was beaten. But I kind of worked out in my head that there was this part of the course where the rest of them couldn't see. And it was, if you think of the penis and then the scrotum, mm. it was basically I was able to castrate the scrotum from the yeah, course. Yep, yeah. And I, I worked out that if I cut it three times, then he and I would get to the finish line at the same time. Mm. But he would be almost a lap ahead of me. And I knew how much he, see if he had lapped me, I knew how much he would fucking love that. Yeah. So I kind of cut the course to make it that it looked like we were getting, getting lapped. Yeah. And then we had this massive sprint for the last 500 meters of him trying to lap me and me just, 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 uh, getting across. It was it was great drama, uh, great 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 fun. Uh, but he got his money, and um, more importantly for me, he got your inspired. He, well, he had my respect, yeah. He had my, but it inspired him to to keep going because it gave him something that uh-huh. he needed to train for, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, totally. And that's the same as me. I always need something that I need to train for, and. Well- I hadn't planned on doing this, but I feel like maybe you are a great intermediary for us then, because Ben and I have not done a bet since the podcast started in 2018, you know, and and we're both on um, re, re, what's the word? We've both put on weight. We're both trying to like, you know, get that, get that next gear to keep pushing and stuff like that. Now, 
we, we, it's always okay to yo-yo up and down here and there, but just generally the trajectory, you want it to keep coming back to an equilibrium. But I feel like both him, Ben and I, by our own standards, are in different, like we're not at the same equilibrium anymore, but we're both like fallen ahead of, you know, be behind it. Totally. So if you, what are the other kind of interesting bets that you've come across between mates? Well, yeah, and if you've got a cycling one, I'd be very interested in it. Oh, <laughs> uh, interesting bets between mates. Um in terms of fitness and, and, and exercise. But the thing is, this, Ben, Ben, cycling-wise, you would smoke me. You know that. That's why No, you well, not necessarily. Me. Like, it's yeah. I just, for me, body-wise, that's the one that I'll least get the least amount of injuries. Yeah. You know, so touch with, wood, I'm not coming off, but... Yeah. With, with, with pals, um, um, we've had silly bets. Um, but it's been, like, with training pals, um, it's, if you do this, then uh, you've got a babysitting credit. If you right, right, that, right, right, that right, kind right, of thing, very interested in that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've, we've done something like that. Um, I'll, I'll outsource it to my partner Maddie. She can. She can come in. I was like, I'll take. Uh, I've got my way. I've got my first weekend away with my partner. Yeah, uh, coming up, uh, uh, and uh, the first one in uh, nine years. Two two nights away. Not one night. Two nights. Two nights. Two nights. Oh, daytime sex. Yes. Oh my god, I've already thought about the road. <laughs> um, I, I like that okay maybe it's about yeah doing something like actually like uh bartering not bartering but like an activity as opposed to well, well yeah so i've i've got one which is a wee bit similar to what you guys have done i've got one that I, a challenge i've given myself just now yes. because yes because i don't have an event to train for just now i've, I've not yeah. been inspired i've done iron man's been there seen it done it I've ridden across Australia. I've been there, seen it, done it. And around the I've, bay would be a piece of piss for you, wouldn't it? I've, I've done it on yeah. my own back, right? Yeah. I just, one one day I went, I'm going around the bay, right? Yeah. Brilliant day out. Um, it was the same day as the Commonwealth Games Triathlon in the Gold Coast four years ago. Mark yeah. Austin won bronze medal. Happy days. Maybe I'll take um, my to the Gold Coast. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Can you do, can you do <laughs> that on your own time, please? <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was like, there's some, some decent rides, some decent so category climbs. Motivation for me is uh, I, I've not had mojo for a couple of months, and but I've been I've been busy enjoying life. Um, and when you're on the road all the time doing the cycling stuff, and then I've got the kids, and when when you're with, I'd, I'd spent the whole summer with the kids. I decided this year that, I, that I'd take a year off of long distance training because I hadn't seen the kids for five months and I thought right this I is the year I can't like how old are they uh nine and twelve I couldn't do it I just couldn't do it yeah Scott Morrison wouldn't let me do it fuck him yeah. right yeah. let's just leave it like that yeah. um and uh so I'd kind of I'd, I'd not deliberately not been training because we're spending as much time as possible with kids Doing as many experiences as we can. I mean, we we yes, we we went cycling, we went rock climbing, we did all sorts of things, but it wasn't it wasn't maintaining my VO two max. Yeah. And um, Wollongong on Sunday, uh, I I went viral on social media on the Saturday with my interactions with the two backstead girls, and the whole Arama Avenue and Wollongong knew who I was um, by, by the end of Saturday. I could get a piss in anyone's house on Sunday, right? Um, and I was dressed up in a Scotland flag, wearing a tutu uh, and nothing else. I ended up on page three of the Sydney Morning Herald, a photograph of me walking up the hill, and I looked at that photograph and I just saw my belly. That's all I could see was my belly. Uh, now I'm not I'm not fat, 
but I'm not the shape that I should be. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just looked at that and I went, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. That's went right round the world. You know, the, the other, the, the, the TV commentators who know who I am mm. were commentating and talking about me and making remarks about me. And I went, Oh, well, it's not very nice, Dan McKenzie. No, in, in a nice jovial way. I mean, they, they weren't fat shaming me, right? Yeah. Um, the, the first couple of laps in the women's race, they didn't realise it was me because I was not the shape that they're used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Bridie, well, there'll be one comment out of Bridie who would have just done sort of medical terminology and made it sound really gentle. <laughs> uh, so uh, on, the, on, on, on the Tuesday, I just sat there and I went, oh, I need to, oh... And it's uh, Tuesday was exactly fifth, uh, 12 weeks until my 50th birthday. Hmm. And the hotel room I was in had scales and I stood on them and it was 91 kilograms. My, my race weight for Ironman was 79 kilograms. Hmm. Yeah. And um, I went, right, that's 12 weeks. That's 12 kilograms that I need to lose. And I went out and I did my first 10K run in about seven months. Now, I've done lots of skiing in the past year. I mean, shit tons of skiing in the past year. So my legs are still strong, but it was the first time I'd done a 10K in ages. And my time was an hour and two. And I just went, oh, wait a minute, I should be hitting 50 minutes here. Yeah. So it just the, the 12s all married. So I've given myself the challenge of, in 12 weeks, I've got to lose 12K and take 12 minutes yeah. off. Of your time, and yeah. so what's the plan? Uh, obviously, you've got your exercise brain, you know, quite secure. What's the nutrition? Uh, your approach to nutrition. So the easiest thing for me, nutrition-wise, is stop Coca-Cola, stop alcohol, stop drinking dear chocolate mocha. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the three things that I just need to immediately cut out of my life. And when I do that, the weight plummets because that's my that's my downfall. Yeah. Is um, I, I I I love caffeine. I love chocolate. I you know that that kind of stuff. I eat well. I eat healthily. I don't eat processed foods. I in, I enjoy a Big Mac once a month or something like that. But yeah. it needs to be it needs to be because of something. As uh-huh. in a Big Mac and a hangover and a car journey is awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> no getting away from that. That's the kind of time I'll have a Big Mac. Yeah, it's when yeah, I know. Yeah. I've already abused my body terribly, but I need that. I need that just. Yeah, just get, yeah. Just to kind of like. Comfort food. Yeah. Live, live, like I said, almost a reminder that, hey, nothing matters. We're all going to die anyway. Just a little moment yeah. to just kind of re- just reset the clock a bit. You know what I mean? So. Uh-huh. Um, um, we have to wrap it up, unfortunately. We, we do have to wrap it up, but I do want to feel like we need a, we need a, ta- a takeaway point of, of sort, which is um, I don't think like a lot of our listeners, myself included, you know, we've done big challenges and this and that, but not not everyone's done an Ironman or, or or those massive rides like you have. But I think every one of us at some point has felt that urge to not, you know, show up, to look at the shoes, the running shoes and go, fuck it, I don't want to do this. Or they've got a class or whatever. I'm like, I'm just going to call in sick or whatever. You said that you felt that during multiple times during the racing and stuff, uh, sorry, the rides. Do you have any sense of what helps you push through that negative voice? And yeah, and, yeah. letting let um, I'm very open about putting my challenges out to the public and saying I am going to do this right. And Can't and when I say the public, I really mean my friends on Facebook, right? Yeah. Um, and so if I if I 
decide I need a goal, I'm going to, boom, that's what I'm going to do. And so I, I, I post about it and I say, right, I am giving myself 12 weeks to do this. And if I, I need people there to be egging on and supporting like so, so when, accountability when, basically yeah yeah absolutely like when i did when i did the ironmans i did it dressed up in in a tutu with sparkles on my face and, and and wearing a big clown's wig because i needed people to know that i was out there doing it and cheering you on so if you mm. have supporters on the sidelines you're more likely to do it because if you think that you're by not doing it you will be disappointing people then that's why you're more likely to finish. I'm glad you phrased it that way because I've realized that's very similar to me. My ego is such that I will be too embarrassed to not meet a, uh, uh, you know, if I've called my shot, I am going to do everything that I can mm -hmm. to get there. And I don't think I've ever missed, if I've ever called my shot, I think I've always got there, right? But I am a kind of afraid that I've trained myself to be like horrified about disappointing others, but I've really gotten used to letting myself down. And so I'm trying my best to kind of harness the motivation to come intrinsically going, if I don't do this, then I am letting myself down rather than my, you know, Instagram followers or Ben or anything like that. Mm. So there are certain goals that I've tried to like keep to myself and see if I can get there. And I'll be hundred percent Frank. I haven't <laughs> because I'm not mm -hmm. good at, at, at being upset if I don't get my goals. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, mm. it's also if, so so for example, that I have now certain little, tiny little um, goals that I've given myself and I've just told my PT because then he can train me to those things. But I'm kind of, I've told Ben this, I think I kind of like don't want to tell people about it because I know that that'll give me that extra boost. So I'm trying to find that, that, that trying to find a voice that can push me through the David Goggins voice that pushes me, you know, through those, uh, to those uh, lazier moments rather than it being, oh, but then I don't have anything to post on Instagram, so I better do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it's the other hard. One, it, it, it is hard. My one at the moment now is very small, but it's just I have a, uh, a six-year-old who I can't get past on the soccer field. So yeah. <laughs> um, I need to uh, really just really work on my sidestepping and not be terrified of my ankle rolling again. But just recently, it's not. it hasn't been an issue. I can just get past in, you know, sidestep, easy goals, small goals. But now it's just like, Daddy, you're not quick enough. And I'm like, fuck. So very quickly on ankles because uh, i i totally smashed mine up skiing uh, a few years ago uh, how often do you stand on one foot yeah, i do it 45 seconds each side I'm, i've got the podiatrist on me all, all the like many times during the day yeah yeah, yeah right because i now do it on stage right it's weird flamingo uh yeah i'll i'll, I'll kind of uh you, you'll see me sway on stage and that'll be because i'm I'm putting all my weight onto one foot and I'm and then doing it doing it the other yeah, way. Yeah, looks like I'm... looks like you're squeezing out a fart. And yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that, but it's it's kind of, it's I've got this kind of strange sway on stage, which the, you um... you wouldn't have noticed until I've pointed it out. <laughs> out and then next time it's you see, one. Me, I might try to do that. I try to do that. Actually. Alan Anderson, uh, mate, we can't thank you enough for coming on the oh, podcast. Right, and welcome, welcome. It's good so, fun. So much, so much to take away from that. I appreciate yeah. you sharing uh, everything from from cycling to mental health um where can people find you in order to seek you out for your fitness stuff as well as your comedy stuff what's the best uh port of call uh best port of call is uh on the insta twitter or facebook at tour clown under tour clown under 
Tour Clown Under. Right. Okay. I don't think I have you on Insta. I only been talking to you on Facebook. All right. I'll go Tour yeah. Clown Under there. Yeah. And uh, and any uh, show well, people can expect to see the pub crawls back at all the fringe uh, fringe world. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole reason I'm uh, out here in um, in Australia. Uh, according to the tax man, it wasn't to go to the World Championships in Wollongong. No. <laughs> um, so we'll be back at uh, Fringe World in Perth at the Adelaide Fringe and the Melbourne Comedy Festival in January through to April. Uh, we have got uh, two really exciting new rooms opening up in Perth. And when I say rooms, I mean complexes. Uh, so we're actually we're actually turning we're turning Perth more into kind of Edinburgh Pleasance Courtyard kind of vibe. Ah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be really, really exciting uh, next year. Uh, so yeah, comedy pub crawls, best of Edinburgh comedy. Uh, I'll be doing a show um, at the Fringes next year about my bike ride across Australia. It's yep. just basically called Tour Clown Under. Um, and I will be doing that show on a bike trainer. So the whole <laughs> hour... I will be I will be riding my bike and doing the show at the same time. <laughs> Excellent. Sure. Uh, I tried to do that one festival and got off after five minutes. <laughs> oh, is that a vicious cycle? Vicious cycle. Hey, before we go, Patreon listeners, thank you always for your support. We uh, can't do the pod without you. Uh, Dora J, Ben Lomas, Tommy. Yeah, and I'm currently, just a quick one, uh, as this comes out, I'm probably in regional Queensland right now between the 6th of October and 23rd of October. Uh, please check my Instagram for which town I'm in. There's Townsville, Mackay, fucking Cairns. So just, yeah, wherever you are, please come and have a look. And a reminder, uh, Dylan and I will both be at the Comics Challenge uh, between the 26th and the 28th of October. Cool. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Alan, you've been incredible. Thanks, brother. Cheers.